Hello, my name is David Ewan from the Resurrection Center, and this is ResurrectionCenterRadio.com. And tonight's conversation is going to be for the Arise Bravehearted meeting. Uh, this is for the Arise Women's Ministry and the Bravehearted Men's Ministry. And on August 30th, 2019, they're combined together to meet and learn about the ways to know what God has for you. You might know what you want, but that does not mean you know what God has for you. The things God has for you relate to your calling that God has determined according to his will and timing. It is important to seek God for your calling instead of yourself. So today, we're going to learn the ways to know what God has for you. There are seven things I'll talk about. Number one, let go of distractions. The Bible tells us in 1 Timothy 4.16, that's chapter 4, verse 16, keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. And that's in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16. When we're trying to build up things like our careers, our families, even our finances, so it is easy to get sidetracked. And I get it. We need to do more to designate time for prayer and meditation daily. Before you rush out in the morning, spend time with God and pray that his will be done in your life. By the way, it's what we want after all, isn't it? Number two. Discover who you are in Christ. As Christians, it is important to start the exploration of calling with the call to follow Jesus. The call to belong to Christ is everything. When we belong to Jesus, we finally are able to make God look glorious in our lives. We're able to see what he has for us. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 through 18, the scripture reads, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirits of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. First of all, when you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you became a new person. No, you didn't receive a new physical body, but you did receive a new spiritual one. At the time of salvation, your spirit was recreated in Christ Jesus. You were born of God. You were given a new identity in Christ. Because of what Jesus did for you on the cross, sin no longer has any hold on you. And this world and all its traps have no power over you. You have been freed and the darkness of this world has been removed from you. The devil may try to convince you otherwise, but God and his word will always be true. And as you walk in faith, you will overcome every trap the enemy sends your way. God accepts you just as you are because you belong to Christ. God doesn't look at you and see all your shortcomings. He doesn't accept you and deem you worthy because of your efforts, but rather because of Jesus. Because of Jesus, you are worthy and accepted and righteous by God's grace. Number three, give God your best. 
The Bible tells us in 1st of Timothy chapter 6 verse 12, fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you were made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. And again, that's 1st of Timothy chapter 6 verse 12. Just as Timothy was focused and committed to God's call and not distracted or distracted by those around him, we too should model this in our own lives. As you grow in your relationship with Christ and separate yourself from the distractions that hold you back from being related to him, it's only natural that you will want to give God your best. Number four, trust God's judgment. God knows what's best for your life, even when you can't understand his plan for you. The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own misunderstandings in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. And that's in Proverbs 3, verse 5 through 6. Trusting God needs to be the first stepping stone on your faith journey. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Remember that God has a plan for all of us. It's up to us to accept it and follow his light that he shines ahead of us. Number 5. Discover your God-given talents. In 2nd of Timothy, chapter 1, verse 6 through 7, Paul told Timothy to fan into the flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit of God gave us, does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. And again, that's in 2nd of Timothy, chapter 1, verse 6 through 7. As Christians, we are called to develop the talent and gifts God has given us to use. These gifts will enable us through our lives and allow us to bless others. If we want to fulfill our calling, we must develop our God-given ability. And number six, allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 through 18, that we will receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the kingdom, I should say, in the knowledge of Jesus and the eyes of understanding will be enlightened. I'll read that scripture again from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 through 18. It tells us that we will receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus and the eyes of understanding will be enlightened. And the scripture from Romans chapter 8 verse 14 says, For all those who are led by God's spirit, these are God's sons. One of the greatest gifts God offers us is the privilege of being led by the Holy Spirit. Our ability to tap into our calling is much easier than we make decisions based on the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit. What many people fail to recognize is that you can develop a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit just like you already have with God and Jesus. 
John chapter 14, 26 says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you your remembrance all things that I said to you. And that's in John chapter 14 through, uh, four, chapter 14, I should say, 26. John chapter 14, verse 26. The Holy Spirit is not only a personal guide, but also a teacher in this life that we live. And number seven, be of Christian mind. It helps with removing distractions and realizing what is more important. Matthew chapter 22, verse 36 through 38 reads, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. So this tells us that having the mind of Christ means we look at a life from our Savior's point of view, having his values and desires in mind. It means to think of God's thoughts and not to think of, uh, the wor of what the world thinks. It is a shared perspective of humility, compassion, and dependence on God. And again, I had read earlier the scripture, Matthew chapter 22, verse 36 through 38. So the Bible describes several things that Jesus valued with the mind of Christ. Believers should value them as well. And so I will tell you five of them. So uh, the first one, it's a desire to bring glory to God. In John 17, 5, Jesus said, And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Number two, a longing to provide salvation for sinners. And that's uh, explained in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, which reads, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what is lost. Number three, a perspective on humility and obedience. We learn about that in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 8. This explains, Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Number four, a compassionate heart. We learned this from Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, and that scripture shows Jesus' compassion on the people. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And finally, number five, prayerful dependence on God. And Luke chapter 5, verse 16 says, But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So let me give you a summary of the ways to know what God has for you and your calling. We talked about seven things, and then we also talked about a summary of being of Christian mind. So let me tell you about the seven things, uh, or ways I should say, to know what God has for you and your calling. Number one, let go of distractions. Number two, discover who you are in Christ. Number three, give God your best. Number four, trust God's judgment. 
Number five, discover your God-given talents. Number six, allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. Number seven, be of Christian mind. And now I'll tell you a summary of being of Christian mind. We talked about five things. Um, It's uh, number one, a desire to bring glory to God. Number two, a longing to provide salvation for sinners. Number three, a perspective on humility and obedience. Number four, a compassionate heart. Number five, prayerful dependence on God. And that's my conversation today about the ways to know what God has for you and your calling. My name is David Ewan from the Resurrection Center, and this is ResurrectionCenterRadio.com.